Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Incredible. It's seriously our absolute pleasure and honour to have both yourself, Henry, and Francis here tonight. So we just, we just thank you so much for coming out. We're just going to jump straight into this uh, chat because I'm sure there's tons of great stuff that um, you're going to be sharing with us tonight. So just to kick us off, both Henry and then Francis uh, afterwards, are you guys able to tell us a little bit about your story and particularly some of the achievements? Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for showing up. Thanks so much for the invitation. I'm so glad with my <coughs> colleagues here. And uh, as you have heard, Henry is from Kenya. I lost my sight when I was 21. I had a very normal, normal life. I went to regular school. And uh, then uh, when I was a young boy, and being born in a village where there were so many challenges when I was growing up, and uh, I went to primary school and high school with my good eyes, and then after the school, I lost my sight. So in, uh, I had a stroke on 30th April 1995, but as I went to bed, the next day I could not be able to see again. So I lost my sight all, all overnight. And since then, up to date, I always see with my heart, with the help of people like Paul and other people who helped me in day to day's life. And as we are speaking, I have three world records uh, from 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters, and the marathon. I've also been honored by the, our president in a head of state competition, grad warrior, and golden heart of Kenya for bringing fame to the country. I'm also doing some uh, ambassadorial uh, blood uh, to certain companies like Sing is Believing, which is at the Star Chartered Bank, where I do raise funds to support those who are less fortunate people in our societies, and uh, those who, especially the young children who have, uh, who have, who, who have the, lost their sight, and uh, so far, we have been able to support more than 100,000 kids who are able to see again through the, the, the Stanchat Marathons in Nairobi. So uh, this is what, part of what we are doing. And again, we have the Henwanyuki Foundation, whereby we are trying to give back to, the, to our communities. Because I believe the challenges I went through when I was growing up, they are the same, same challenges some young people are going through. Francis, if you could share with us the amazing journey that you've been on to. Yes, I grew up in the uh, countryside Kenya, a place called Deya, which is in the central part of Kenya. And uh, waking up in the morning, my first assignment was to go and fetch water with a donkey. And the distance was 8.5 kilometers one way. And I'll come back with a donkey 8.5 kilometers and after that, I would go to school. And when I finished high school, I did not know what to do and what to expect. Because a society and a community impacts and influences your thinking patterns and your behavior and your expectations. A missionary came along by the name Dewey Houston, and he asked me a question. He asked me, where do you think you'll be 10 years from now? I told him, I can't even think beyond tomorrow. 
He asked me again, where do you think you'll be five years from now? I said, I can't think beyond tomorrow. And that man told me, I'll help you think beyond tomorrow. He introduced me to a college. I ended up going to a theological college. And eventually, I ended up in the United States for 10 years, where I did several master's degree and a doctor of philosophy in leadership development. My heartbeat was always to come back to Kenya and impact my community. And the place I went back straight was to the village where I grew up. It is in that village I found the villagers, young children, young people, without a hope, without going to school. And as I went into church pastorate, we decided to reach out back to the community. Today in our program, which is supported by Initiate Australia, we have 217 children who are now, some of them have reached high school, others are still in grade school or primary school. And giving back has given me the joy and to see indeed the gospel manifesting in different ways. In the country of Kenya, we have a very difficult area called Trokana, which is the northern part of Kenya. The people there practice nomadic lifestyles. So when I went back to Kenya, I was invited to go see the place, and I found a place needing Jesus. Amen. Talk about a place needing Jesus. While you talk to people, they ask, you tell them about Jesus, they ask you, when did you last see him? How does it look like? You tell them, I'm coming to talk to you about Jesus, and he says, is he as tall as you or shorter than you? <laughs> and we began reaching out to Trokana and uh, this area which 50 villages, they had no church. The last 17 years, we've been able to reach 42 of the 50 villages, Amen. and the Lord has so been great. very gracious yeah. in reaching out. Final statement on Trokana, the biggest challenge there was the power that dominates communities that don't know Christ, essentially the power of darkness, and it came through the witch doctor. And in every village would go, the witch doctor would place castles on us. We would not be able to come back. They would say, they would tell him, they would tell us, if you come tomorrow, we are going to believe in your Jesus. And if we are able to return there the next day, they'll give their lives to Jesus. Wow. Because they have put spells on us. So when we show up, they realize we have a greater power than they have. Amen. And that is Jesus yeah, Christ. So great. Thank you. Wow. Um, I'm already speechless and we haven't even started. <laughs> but Henry, waking up blind at 21 would have been such a daunting experience. Could you share with us what kind of questions were going through your mind when you woke up? Okay, when I realized that I have lost my sight, in fact, when I was waking up uh, that day, I remember my, my mom came and was knocking to my door, told me, Henry, wake up, you need to go and uh, milk the cow. And I was telling her, oh, it's the student in the night, where, where, why should I wake up at this time? I didn't know that I have lost my sight. So I had to wake up, and then I told her, don't, I, I'm not able to see. Then uh, she thought it was a joke. So she had to organize for me to go to the hospital, or the hospital which is like uh, five kilometers from where I live. There is a eye hospital. We went there, and uh, he thought I was still pretending by that time. So by the time I 
go to the doctor. The doctor said uh, he gave me, put me under medication. And uh, uh, when we went back, now he declared that uh, my optic nerves were completely damaged by the stroke which I had before because I had uh, paralyzed on my left side. And uh, then what was going through when I came to realize that uh, when the doctor said uh, there is nothing he can do, I was, I was in a great shock. It was quite painful because I could not believe what has happened to me at that age. Very young, it is my youth time, and I, then I have just finished the school. Now I was asking, I was, uh, I was wondering why it has happened to me, but not to somebody else. In fact, I heard I was angry with my God, asking where, where he was when this, that was happening. So it was not so easy in the beginning. And uh, I, like, for, it took me three years to accept that I have to live in that condition until the time I went for rehabilitation. And I came to realize that uh, God had a good purpose for me. And uh, when I came to realize that they are, I was not the only person, there were, were a group of people who have uh, lost their sight when they are grown up. And uh, around that time I came, uh, you know, even in the beginning, when I lost my sight, I was even thinking sometimes even to, to commit suicide. But I am happy with my family, they were quite supportive. They really supported me in all means and uh, if, taking me to the different hospitals of which it was all in vain. And uh, with the help of the church and the neighbors, this really, support, uh, really changed me not to, uh, not to think about committing suicide. And, uh, but in the beginning, I can assure you, it was not easy for three years until the time I came to, to meet people of my kind. They shared with me about their stories and I was able to now to accept myself 100%. Through a lady called Petra from Germany who had just come to Kenya to start a low vision clinic. And through her, I was able to realize uh, she was so kind to me. And uh, she took me to a rehabilitation center. And she did a lot to me. And I always appreciate the good work she did to me and uh, through counseling and through guidance. Wow, incredible. Question for both Henry and Francis. Looking back on your younger years, see we have quite a few young people in the crowd tonight. Were there some key moments that built your resilience? Can you please share them with us? Would you ask the question again, please? Yep, no worries. So just looking back on your younger years, so uh, let's say up until the age of 21, for example, or age of 30 even, were there some key moments in your life that helped you build your resilience? Uh, from the very beginning of my life when I was living in the village, walking with a donkey 8.5 kilometers and walking back uh, carrying water, that put a discipline in me of hard work and sometimes even um, mental capacities are built in those formative years because of the challenges and the encounters one has in life. However, uh, when the missionary spoke to me about transitioning in life and planning ahead, and I told him I just don't know what to do, he told me, if you trust God enough and you begin envisioning your life where you could be, 
the way you envision going to buy water with a donkey and bringing it back home, you can just do the same with your future. But he told me, and this I've never forgotten, trust God in everything you do. Whether it's a small program or a big program, once you trust God, if you see it and you internalize it, it shall be done. So the conversations I held with that missionary are always, always fresh in my memory. And I remember, if you can see it, trust God, then you will get it. Yeah. Incredible. Okay, thank you. Uh, when, I, when I was growing up, I went through so many challenges because I was born in a very village where there were so many challenges. Even going to bed without food, it was, uh, it was order of the day. And so many challenges uh, around there, no running water, no electricity, no good roads. It was so hard during those days. And the time I went to the rehabilitation center, I came to be amazed on what I found in that center that uh, people with disability they were doing wonders. And I was keeping asking myself, what else can I do? I remember when I mentioned that I used to be very good in sports, the games teacher who was also visually impaired was sharing with me stories of people who have excelled well in sports. And I was asking myself, I need to do like that. And I remember one plan which I did in uh, that town. I won the, a certificate and a t-shirt during the Olympic day run. And it really motivated me very, very much. And uh, then the, the next year I was able to go and do the same run and I qualified to come to Sydney Paralympics. And there were so many people who were telling me, Henry, you can still make it. And there were still those people who were discouraging me that you cannot make it. But I'm happy that I was able to listen to those people who are telling me, keep up, Henry. And, uh, and it really helped me very, very much up to date. And what I'm doing today, like when you meet these young people and tell you, Henry, what you are doing, you are challenging us and you are... You, according to your situation, you are able to, to achieve so many things. This really motivates me and it helps me to keep going, to give me uh, that courage to continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah, so through the resilience you both have learned, how do you apply that resilience, especially in your darkest moments? when things are hard or when you feel pressure or when, you know, you just, you don't know if you can make it. How do you apply your resilience in those moments? In situations of life, each one of us grow, go through what you think is the end. Like it's a dead end and you will never come out. But when you reflect backwards and see how God gave you wisdom, God gave you someone, God gave you a scripture, God gave you um, an understanding that you didn't have before and you immerse yourself into the past that has, was difficult and looking at it, it becomes positive and you succeeded. You can always have the platform for the future. And as I look into my history and the history of people that I know who have had very dark moments, like my brother here, I always say, if yesterday came and passed and I succeeded, today and tomorrow will still be the same because God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I have to keep telling myself I am also moving on, 
By the grace of God, he is with me. Even like we sang today, he is with me. Okay, uh, when I'm going through some challenges uh, or when, I'm, when things are getting tough, I always look behind me, see what I have achieved, see what, I, what God has enabled me to do. You know, like when he, God created the world and everything he did uh, in the six days, he just looked behind and see, saw what he, 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 he did for the last few days, he was very happy about his good work. Even for me, when I look back and I see the good work I've done, I always say that this is a, just a passing crowd. I'll be able to go through it. And then uh, I always see, like, my, take myself like a role model to many young people. And that is why I do a lot of school visits back in Kenya. And uh, when these young people, they tell me that uh, what I'm doing is incredible. And here I am, I want to, keep, to quit or to give up. Mm -hmm. Then it is like I'm misleading these young people. So you have to be very strong. Tell God, help me to, uh, to go through this challenge. And the best thing with Henry, he doesn't give up. So he said, even if things are tough, I always tell God, when I, before I was born, you, knew, you had good plans for me. Yeah. You knew me even before I was born. So I, I need a... I need, uh, I need the, you, you to show me the way to follow. And again, uh, what like when I'm so down, like we have a school whereby I'm supporting eight kids in, who are in kindergarten. I normally go there, share with them, pray with them. By the time I live there, I'm good enough to go on with life. And uh, wow. you know, they are praying with you. And they don't know what you are going through, what is going through your mind. And then when you are praying with them, by the time you live there, you are happy, and then and uh, then you can start off. Uh, you can continue with life again as usual. Wow. Again, I always say take. I always take my uh, my challenges in a positive way, of which has helped me to be in a, to, as a stepping stone to be where I am where I am to today. So good. God has only good plans for us. Amen. Uh, Henry, you mentioned earlier that you had amazing family, um, very supportive people around you. Next question for both of you is, were there any things that you wish uh, some of the people around you hadn't said to you? So they might have had great intentions in troublesome times. They were possibly trying to encourage you, but sometimes, and I think we're all guilty of this, sometimes we can accidentally say the wrong thing. What were some things that you could share with us, some moments that might help us to not say the wrong thing? Okay. I remember like when I, go, uh, when I lost my sight, there were some people who were telling me this might, must be a curse. Uh, uh, that is why you have lost your sight. And uh, they were talking, and there are some people who were talking bad things. Again, I lost most of my friends because I think they thought there is nothing we can do. The, uh, with them again, because wow. uh, being a disabled person like in Kenya or in most of developing countries, it's like you are somebody who doesn't have any future. And uh, that is why most of the people, they had to move away from me. But I thank God now they have all come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> so because I know that, I know with, the, with his charity, his, I'm still challenging them. 
and I'm showing them that I'm able and my God is still uh, has good plans for me. You know the plans for God is they are not plans for 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 the people you are living or who are around you. And then uh, I remember when again we were going to Sydney, when we were coming here to Sydney because it was my first international assignment. There were guys who were telling me, Henry, to win a gold medal in the, in the Olympics is not a joke. And they were telling me, we have tried, and uh, has, uh, we have never won any medal. But I used to tell them uh, when we were training that, uh, you know, you are the people who have missed the medal, or you are not able to know, you don't know how to get those medals. For me, I'll show you how to get that medal. So when we were coming to Sydney, I had a lot of pressure, because there was that a lot of discouragement to the, from the team members. And I, when we came here, in fact, nobody won any medal. I did the, the, the my, my race was on the last day. So people were telling me, Henry, now this is your day. You, keep, you have been telling us you're going for a medal, so now you need to see that medal. So <laughs> I told them, please wait. So when we went to the, uh, to the, uh, to the stadium in Sydney, during the introduction again, I was so much disappointed because there was, uh, when we, the, that introduction was made, they said, Henwanyoike ran three from Kenya, that's all. But for the other athletes who had qualified to the finals, they had a very nice history. They were saying, this is so-and-so <laughs> from, from America. He has won this and this. He's a world champion. So, but for me, it was a very shallow introduction. So I turned to my guide. I told him, now, next time, we need a better introduction. <laughs> and uh, when we started the race, I said to myself, though they are champion, but I know God is with me. He will start with me and he will end with me. Next time, we definitely will go for, we will be able to have a good uh, recognition. So from my uh, first round to the seventh round, I was able to overlap even those champions. By the time I was going to the 11th lap, I had already lapped twice those champions, but now the 50 meters was a big, big challenge because uh, uh, my guide was not able to keep up with my pace. I was running very, very fast. You can see this in the YouTube. So like 50 meters, I was struggling to, to finish, but finally we won the race and I got the gold medal, of which it was the only gold medal we took back to Kenya. So. So some of these discouragement, some, they always give me energy, positive energy, to carry on with life. Because whatever people say I cannot be able to make it, I always tell, tell myself, you can make it. Yeah, awesome. So I always say, I'm always positive. And I would love even to tell you that you need to be positive all the time. When people tell you you cannot make it, tell, tell them, I know I can make it. Because there is that power from your tongue. For well, mine, um, a two set of people that uh, have said things which would have put me down badly. Number one, the teachers where I went to grade school. The teachers had a way of demeaning all the people. They were telling us, here in the village, you go nowhere. So you're here only to pass time to here come, here go, here come, here go. You are going nowhere. So that statement, I heard it over and over and over again. And so lack of a future perspective came from primarily being put down by 
the grade school or primary school teachers who believed no one from the village could go anywhere. And I wish um, they had a different exposure because they would have said, try harder, you'll make it. Yeah. The next one is a set of people that I would meet when I left the village and they'll be asking me, where are you from? When I mention the area where I came from, they'll be shocked. They'll be asking me, really? That's where our children die of hunger. That's where you are so backward. In fact, we have, uh, uh, the village has a nickname of uh, cows. The, uh, the cows that produce milk. They say, oh, you come from such and such a place where uh, it's associated with cows and traditional cows. And that was a derogatory remark over and over again. And I used to tell the people, you can live in the ocean that is salty, like a fish. But when you come out, you may not be tasting that salt. You'll be tasting who you really are. And my statement has been, I am wired for success. Amen. So long as I trust God. Yeah. And so I wish I wasn't told those things, but they also gave me a challenge to succeed, not only to prove a point, but to go back there and pull others out and encourage them and tell them yeah. this is not the destiny. That's Christ amazing. is always our destiny holder. That's yes, incredible. Thank you. So great. Wow. Both of you have shared, you know, your story of success, of resilience, of persistence. And so for all of us here, who, you know, we, we want to also learn. We, this is what Sound Mind is about. Our conference coming up is about resilience, about learning to, you know, literally walk with God and trust in that. What are some habits from both of you, healthy habits, that you use for your mind and your life that, that you have consistently developed to, to basically live out every day with your positivity, with your drive for success? So what are some real healthy habits we could apply to our lives? Okay, thank you. Uh, as I have said that uh, any kind of challenge you are going through, take it in a positive. We need, we need all the time to be positive. Even if things are tough, many people have failed to be successful. They never realize that how close they were to get to their destination. Maybe it is just one step you, it's remaining for you to get to, or to your destination. People have been limiting themselves, they cannot make it. But you should not be a person of limiting yourself that you cannot make it. We, we have the ability, we have all what it takes. Look somebody like Henry, he has lost his sight, but not his vision. Keep asking yourself, what is my mission in this world? What is my vision and what is my passion in this world. So if you're able to understand those three simple words, your mission, your vision, and your passion, you'll be able to know why God created you and why God created you in his, in, in his image because he, he, you are living today so that his name can be glorified. So there are so many things waiting for you. And you know, champions are not born in the, on, in the stadium. You just make yourself a champion. So whoever has been a champion in his own way has worked tirelessly, he has worked more hours, he has believed in himself that I'm going to make it. 
And above all, I always believe in teamwork. If you believe in yourself and you have uh, that self-confidence, mm. I believe you can make it. And also, you know, I always say that one big tree cannot make a forest. But when you, you are a group of people, you can be able to support one another. Okay. Like, like when I'm so down and I don't want to run, uh, Paul always tell me, Henry, remember last time we made it. But sometimes he cheat me. There are people behind you. You need to run very fast. <laughs> so uh, even though I, I was uh, almost uh, uh, giving up, oh, I have to now. Oh, if you are very close to the field, um, there are people behind us I have now to, to keep uh, running very, very fast. So that is why, in fact, I, through that teamwork, I've been able to be a world record holder three times. Yeah. And I won't tell you that you can be a champion in your own way. Please keep focused in your destination and believe in God who, who enable us to do anything. And there's nothing impossible in this world. And nobody is a failure. And whatever you are doing today, take it seriously. You can choose any character, any behavior, but you cannot choose the consequences. Consequ uh, choices have consequences. Whatever you choose today, you be able to uh, to to uh, to uh, to you will be able to see the fruits of the of the of what you have of what you have done. So it's better to keep focused and then aim high because the sky is not the limit. So thank you. Amen. Thank you. In addition to uh, what uh, my brother and friend has said, it's about priority. Uh, surround yourself with people who help you in your priorities. My priority number one is my relationship with God. And very close to that is my wife and my children. And I put priority in that order. And once you have that priority in the right way, in the right place, you definitely need a mentor and a guide in life. You will not get where you're going without a good mentor and a guide. So I have a mentor and I have guides, uh, people that trust me, people that I trust, that help me walk the journey I want to walk. And in addition to that, I like to say also, uh, believe you can do it. Believe it can be done. And if there is anyone else who can do it, believe you can do it. Yeah. I was doing a PhD program and to qualify was very difficult in the school that I attended in the US and I remember the particular discipline I wanted to do PhD in, after our master's programs, we were to do an exam, uh, uh, and then we also to do a presentation to qualify for the PhD program. And sitting down with other students, for four years in a row, no one had passed to qualify for that particular program. And I sat down there with a gentleman who had done, who had attempted that exam for three years in a row, and this was going to be his last time. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't believe I can make it. I have tried three times and this is the cutout. I can't go beyond here. If I fail now, I will not make it. And I looked at him and I said, if you believe you can't make it, don't even start. If you can't make, if you believe you can't, don't bother with it. And I told him, I believe in hard work. I believe I can get it done. And I believe God with me, I will do it. And I remember sitting down on that exam, 
did everything that I needed to do. And that year, I was the only person who qualified to enter into that so PhD great. program. Amazing. And I come back and I say, it is the priority I've said, yeah. and putting everything you can put yeah. into a situation, and your success is great. born. Henry and others win, not because they are stronger or better than, but it's because they focus yeah, and stay great. on it and put everything out there. So thank you. So Francis, you did mention you have a mentor or a guide. Now, if we were looking for someone we want to have as a mentor or a guide, what sort of attributes should we be looking for in those people? Well, that's a very deep question. How do you, uh, do you establish a criteria for the mentor? I believe number one is uh, you look at the person, the influence the person will bring into your life. Is it worthwhile having that person as a mentor? Has the person set a high standard enough to challenge you even to believe without help you can't make it? In other words, I'm saying, if you believe you can achieve it without help, just leave it. You cannot live by just believing you can achieve it without help. You need a mentor, and a mentor is someone you believe will take you where you can't take yourself. So if someone has achieved what you know you cannot achieve without the mentor help, that mentor is worth in your life. Also, we look at character. Does that person have the appropriate character measure that I would like to influence me and to be put in me so that I influence others? So if the person has the character, I'll say, I would like to emulate that one. And then a mentor for me should be someone who loves Jesus wholeheartedly that that person can just not only pour his love to me, but the love of Jesus deposited in his life. Because my life centers around Christ. And from Christ, then I go to other directions. Yes. Great. Okay, thank you. Uh, when you have somebody who is not adding value to your life, I always say that, drop that person. You better have one person who is who is willing to help you, somebody who, who you can be able to trust, somebody who, who, is, uh, who can uh, be able to persevere. Any kind of challenge you might be going through, somebody who can tell you this is the direction to go. Like when I'm running, I don't have to worry because I know there is somebody I really person trust who is next to me. Who, who, somebody who can be able to tell me this is the direction to go. In a few meters, we are turning right, we are going up with, uh, all the way. You can imagine from the first step of 42 kilometers to the end of the uh, first kilometer to the 42 kilometers, you need to trust that person. Again, you need to look for a person who has enough qualities. Uh, somebody, you know, you see how this person has been, whether he is a successful person. Because if you associate yourself with the failures, definitely you become a failure. But definitely when you associate yourself with those people who have achieved, you definitely become a great achiever. Because what I believe, nobody was born a failure. We are all great achievers. It's only that we don't know how to get to our success. And you cannot sit there, wait for success to come look for you. You have to go for it. Go and look for that success. Your dream is calling you. 
even if you fail today, that is tomorrow you improve. If you, the, if you have plan A doesn't work, go to plan B. If it doesn't work, go to plan C. And if it doesn't work, can you go even to plan D? And if it doesn't, can you go back to plan A? You see why, why you failed in that plan A. Then plan B, and then you'll be able to get to the, to, to, to the answer, and you'll be able to, the answer is there. And again, you need to, uh, to believe in yourself, believe in God, and again, discipline. Because when you have discipline, uh, it's of, 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 of great paramount. Everybody will be loved to associate with you. And then take yourself like a low model. The person you are always next to you should be a person who you'll be admiring, who you'll be able to copy from what he or she is, uh, is doing uh, in the community, even people who are supporting back their, their roots. So these are the people you need to hang around. And in fact, somebody said, can you show me your friends? I'll be able to tell you what the kind of person you are. So thank you. This is our final question for the night, unfortunately. Uh, one of you mentioned earlier that uh, scripture would uh, come upon you in tough moments. Uh, can you both elaborate if there were any particular scriptures that spoke to you and, and how they spoke to you? Well, the question is about uh, scripture dropping in your heart, your mind, and then uh, the scripture becoming, becomes alive. Uh, the scripture that dropped me in significant times of my life is the simplest scripture of all in the psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In times of scarcity, when I think about David in the wilderness and what he was going through, sometimes he, he didn't even have a place to sleep, and the, the Lord came through for him. That scripture resonates with me. When it talks about um, he leads me to quiet waters, times my life is so troubled and I need calmness in my spirit, that scripture is so easily quickened. And when I'm in very dark moments, I can't even see the way out. Uh, sometimes it's a sickness, sometimes it's a, a life-threatening situation. I always come back to that scripture and it comes alive that uh, with his staff and his rod, he leads me. And when I go through the shadow, like the shadow of death, surely he will be with me and he gets me through. So Psalm 23 is always a scripture that resonates with me over and over again, like Rhema word in time of need. Henry. Okay, thank you. As I said before in the book of Jeremiah 29, that uh, even before I was born, God knew about me and he had a good purpose for me. And that is why I'm living today because I know my purpose in this world, it, uh, it is still on. And when I'll be through, that was the time I would leave this world. And I would leave this world, I would love to leave a good name and a good, uh, and again, good legacy. So from what I believe, and uh, you know, I don't open, you know, with your heart, and the, that is the book of Proverbs, the, the book of Proverbs has a lot of uh, wisdom, uh, stories from the people who have uh, for what God didn't need us to work closely to him that when you open your your heart, you know your heart has everybody, but the moment you open your heart uh, to other 
bad things. That is the time you you definitely become a failure. But when you you know that your goal, your uh, you should your heart should flow good things, not bad things. So it is. Uh, I always have uh, admire the people, those prophets, and the way they used to be very close with God, and a person like Ayub, Job, who went through many challenges. He lost everything, but because he really stood with God, he was able to get everything he lost, maybe twice or double. And uh, that is why I always follow his, uh, his journey, and uh, he was a very successful person. I always say that, today, you know, God used, always used people to, uh, to pass the message. Those days he was using Jeremiah, he was using Job, he was using everybody. Many other, many other prophets, maybe, maybe minor or major prophets. But today, Henry Wanyoike is here. God is using Henry Wanyoike to pass the message. So that God is still there. He never changed like what a bishop has said. That from yesterday, today, and the days to come, he will never change. So that is the message I'm telling you. Yeah, God, yeah. And I think that is the best note to end on. <laughs> but seriously, we thank both of you so very much. You have given so much. You've shared so much from yourselves. Um, I honestly believe that there would be plenty of lives changed tonight. And we thank you so much for coming and giving of yourself. Henry Boigno, okay, you are definitely here and your message is strong, same as you, Francis. And we thank you so very much. Church, give them a massive warm thank you. Come on, let's give them another big round of applause, these guys. How inspiring is that? That has got to be some of the best interview. Thank you so much. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, uh, Henry. That was so brilliant. I'm sorry, Paul, that we never had opportunity. I'd love to hear uh, some of your story as well. And Josh, we know, but... How inspiring was that, really? Seriously. I don't know about the rest of you here. I sit there and go, yeah, I needed that. I needed that. Anybody else or is it just me? All of us? Yeah, that was so, so good. You know, you heard, uh, I know Francis said this so very clearly, that Christ is the centre of your life. I was talking this afternoon to my youngest daughter and her fiancé. They're getting married in November. And I was sitting there listening to you speak about a life with Christ and it just occurred to me, you don't kind of get married. There will be a moment for them in November where they will have a moment where they get married. They'll stand before their loved ones, their family, and they will say those beautiful words many of us have heard, I do, I take you. And in that place, they will get married. They don't kind of get married. You don't half get married. I'm amazed how many people in our country think that you kind of become a Christian. You know, that maybe one day, well, I don't know, am, am I a Christian or not? Well, I kind of am. And I go, what's a, you don't kind of get married. Some of you here are mums, you don't kind of have a child, do you? You don't go to the hospital and go, well, I was going to give birth, but I don't know, I just didn't. You, you go there and you have a child, isn't that right? In exactly the same way, 
we in this church have found that the Bible teaches us that someone makes a decision to become a Christian. You don't kind of become one. If you don't know you are one, it probably means you aren't one yet. But it's so simple to say yes to Jesus Christ. It's so simple to make that decision. Just like my daughter and my future son-in-law are going to do in November, they go to declare with the words of their mouth. You heard both these gentlemen tell us tonight the importance of your words. They're going to say with their words, uh, I do. They're going to say yes to each other. In this church, we've been doing this for quite a while now where people can say yes. You'll see up on the screen the phone number that you can text yes to. 0488-826-392. And a simple yes to that from your heart is really more than a phone number. It's more than a part of telecommunications. It's you from your heart saying to Jesus Christ, I want to begin a journey with you. Today, I'm going to say yes the rest of my life, as it will be for my daughter and my future son-in-law. The rest of their life will be the outworking of that yes in November. In the same way, I want to pray for people here in this place or those that are listening via the podcast, those of you that want to say yes to Jesus and that'll begin the journey for you that'll outwork from there. So can we pray together? Just bow your head with me a moment. There'll be people here in this place, no doubt. And tonight you need to say a definite yes to Jesus. Maybe you kind of were raised in a Christian home or a Christian country or something like that. And maybe you're just not sure tonight that Jesus is who is living in your life. He's maybe not the Lord of your life. You can say yes to Him tonight. And I'm going to pray for those people right now. Heavenly Father, we thank You that the, the gift of Your Son was a definite gift. There was a moment in time. All of our history is separated by that moment where Jesus left heaven and came to earth and lived and died and bled on that cross rose from the dead so that we could say a yes that would change our life. So Lord, I pray for the people here that are saying yes to you tonight. For those that are listening via the podcast that are saying yes to you wherever they are around the world. God, I pray that that yes for them will be the beginning of a brand new life, a brand new uh, following you, a brand new existence, a new life. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen, amen. We like to applaud people who make that commitment. We want to do that right now. Just say a big thank you. If you've said yes to that, uh, you can get the card out of the Connect Hub or there it is again. Put it up please again on the screen. 0488-826-392. Did it go up yet? There it is right there. Or you can register at yes.metrochurch.org.au. Tomorrow morning, if you do, or whenever you do it, the next day, 7 a.m., you will get a Scripture. Uh, It's a different one each day for 30 days and a prayer that you can pray that'll help you get started walking with God. And that's our gift to you. There's no pressure on you at all. We never write and ask you for anything. It's not like that. We don't spam you. We want to help you walk with God. And uh, we trust that many of you will do that and say yes to Jesus in your life. Amen.
Fantastic. Thank you again, though, Henry. Thank you, Francis, for coming in and sharing. What an amazing story. And uh, Paul, thank you for coming. I really hope we can get you guys back again because I want to keep going for about another hour and a half asking you a whole lot more questions. Uh, I'm fascinated by people that have come through great difficulty and uh, whether it's a background of, uh, of, you know, disability or whether it's one out of lack in your life, we just want to say thank you. Thanks, Josh, uh, for your friendship for us as a church. And please take our blessing back to Felicity and your family for all you're doing. Uh, I do not know of a greater young leader in our nation today who's decided to make a great difference with his life. If you heard Josh last time we had him at Next Conversation, uh, go to initiate.org and uh, just check that out. There's some amazing stuff going on and uh, we just uh, so much want to bless them.